They knocked my little foam thing out. What are you guys doing up here? I had this level. Everything. I, I don't know what's going on. It's just it's a crazy night and stuff. So, hey, um, I'm excited you're here. I hope you're excited you're here. Um, I have enjoyed um, this series so much. Um, the Sermon on the Mount still, it's just one, it's so amazing. And, and there is so much stuff in it um, that we haven't even, like, skimmed the surface of, of the depth of everything that Jesus spoke um, on, on that mountain. And we will probably be back probably come back this years to come of just finding more and more stuff and i just i encourage you and challenge you um to read it you know just just grab a bible um go to matthew chapter five and just go matthew five six and seven and just read through that sermon and just all the things um that jesus laid out for us but um we are continuing on with a study if you're here a few weeks ago you know we, we talked about the idea of what it means to be an honorable christian what does it mean to honor god and what does that look like and how does our lives look like? And then, um, excuse me, and then we went into the idea of purity. Um, this idea that our heart, wherever our heart leads, that, that's where we're going to follow. And, and then all the issues and all the things in our life are heart issues. They start there. And if we focus on the things and fill our heart with the things of God, it's going to make our lives a lot easier and, and our faith a lot stronger. And, and then last week, again, integrity, which is a huge, huge issue in our world today. And we're in election season. Um, and we're always seeing stuff and this idea, or am I the same in private that I am in public? And, and does that flow? Do, do my actions follow? And so tonight we're, we're going to continue on with this idea and, and I want to talk to something about called loyalty. And so and, and most of the time we think loyalty says, well, you know, I'm a loyal person. Everybody's a loyal person. You know, if you're a college football fan, did it work? There it goes. Yeah. If you're a college football fan, you probably have a team that you're loyal to. And you cheer and you're with them, unless you're one of those people that just wait till they start winning. <laughs> and then, then you start start cheering on. Like, like I am an original temp, professional football Tampa Bay Bucks fan. When they were orange, ugly, and horrible, I was still their fan. And they're still terrible. They're just in better uniforms. But, I mean, you know, we're still, still a fan and everything. But it's this idea of this loyalty that, you know, we cheer for them and we get behind them and we stick with them in the good and the bad. And even beyond that, there's, like, bigger things that we are loyal to. Um, this was fascinating to me. At, at any time on this globe, um, there are between 193 and 205 different countries, depending on what you agree with. And it's kind of funny. There's 193 members of the United Nations, two sovereign legal entities, one Republic of China, Taiwan, six unrecognized states recognized by UN members, two unrecognized states recognized by other unrecognized, and then one that's just not recognized at all. I know it was fascinating. Just look at this. But there's all this stuff. That we can be loyal to, loyal to our country, loyal to our football team, loyal to our job and everything. And loyalty is this thing that we throw around. In fact, John Barth, who was the great theologian, he was a preacher, he said, All men are loyal, but their objects of allegiance are at best approximate. See, there are so many things in this world pulling at our loyalty. And Pauline says, you know, just, just follow me. Just, just follow us and stick with me. And, and there's so many things grabbing us and pulling us in different ways. And I don't think there's as many as we think. And that's what I want to talk about tonight. That's what I want to dive into this idea. What does it mean to live a life of loyalty? And so we'll be in Matthew chapter 6. If you don't have a Bible, we have Bibles. If you don't own one, take it. Put your name in it. Keep it. We've got plenty more and everything. But we're going to be sitting in Matthew 6 as we look at this idea. What does it mean to be loyal? 
and to live a life of loyalty. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much again for tonight. Uh, for the opportunity to come together and just worship you, Father. And God, God, I thank you that over these last few weeks and again tonight, God, already, God, your presence is felt. That you were here. You were here waiting for us. God, I thank you for your word and the truth of it and how very clear, if we just look at it, how clear it is for us. And so, God, I just I pray tonight that you would just have your way. God, it is your words that need to be heard, not mine. God, you, you have a message for us. You have something you want to challenge us with. And so we ask tonight that you would just do that, that you would challenge us, that you would encourage us, that you would embolden us. And that, God, that we would respond. That our lives would be different because we were in your presence tonight. Father, give us ears to hear and hearts to respond as we just dive into your word. Hide me. And let tonight be all about you. For your glory, your honor, and your praise. We pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, as I said, tonight we're going to be talking about loyalty, and, and, and I really want to talk about this idea of where your loyalty lies. Where, where does your loyalty lie? As I said earlier on that little graph, is there's any time, at any certain time, there's 195 to 205 different countries on this planet. Different things, and that's just countries. There are different things just screaming and yelling and vying for our loyalty. But I, I want to submit to you tonight that there may be 205 different countries, but there are only two kingdoms. There are only two teams on, on this planet. And we have to make a decision of which team we're on. Who are we going to be loyal to? In fact, in fact, Je- <coughs> Jesus talks about this over, uh, over in Matthew chapter 12. Um, he, had just, he had just cast out a demon. Uh, he had done it, and the religious leaders all get together, and they're all like mumbling against him because they hate every time he does something. And, and they're saying, well, he drives out demons only by Beelzebub, the ruler of demons and everything. And, and, and backing up a little bit in, in chapter 12, verse 25, it says, Knowing their thoughts, he told them, Jesus speaking, Every kingdom divided against itself is headed for destruction, and no city or house divided, uh, divided against itself will stand. And then verse 30, Anyone who's not against, who is not with me is against me. And anyone who does not gather with me scatters. You, you get this picture that it, this is a pretty much black and white deal for Jesus. This, this is pretty much a black and white deal just saying, listen, either you are for me or you are against me. There, there are only two teams. There are only two sides that we can choose in this. And there are so, like I said, there's so many things pulling at our loyalties, pulling things. Tonight, I want to look at what, how can we tell if we're on the right team and which team are we on? How do we know if we are actually being loyal as a loyal follower, part of the kingdom? Because either we are part of God's kingdom or we're part of the kingdom of this world. And there really is no place in between. You know, some people say either you're a missionary or, or you're a mission field. Either you're saved, you're lost. However you want to put it tonight, there are only two different kingdoms, two different places that we can choose to put our allegiance tonight. And so tonight I want to challenge us to really look. And the very first thing I want to talk about is you want to know where your allegiance is. You need to start looking at what you invest in. What you invest in. Back in Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 19. Jesus had just gone. We had just gone through the whole idea like fasting, all these things. Don't do it for show. 
You know, do it, you know, do it in your heart. Do it for do it like in your private life so that your real life shows. And then then all of a sudden he moves on to this next thing. And, and all these people that he's speaking to are people that literally probably are living day by day. They're not knowing where their next food's coming from. Don't know if the Romans are going to bust in and take them off somewhere. Don't know exactly what's going to happen. So they're living day by day. And at verse 19, he starts off, he says, Don't collect for yourself treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But collect for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves don't break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. So if the light within you is darkness, how deep is that darkness? No one can be a slave of two masters, since either will hate one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot be slaves of God and of money. Now listen, guys, I, I understand as soon as you know the preacher starts bringing out the idea about money, everyone's like, oh, and, and yeah, this is this is about the money, and this is about where you're investing and everything. But I think it's a lot more than that. It's about where am I investing my talents, my time, and everything. Where where am I putting my focus in? Because if you want to talk about a loyal follower of Jesus, it's very simple. Either we are we are investing in things that are eternal, or we are investing in things that are temporal. We were spending all our time, spending all our money, all our resources, everything we've got into things that are just for right now for me. Or I'm investing in things over here that says, you know, this has lasting value. This is going to go on long, long past me. And, and so it's not just money. It's everything. In fact, when you think about it, temporal investments equal temporary returns. If all your focus is, if all my focus is, is just what I can get in this life for me right now, and, and just build up and build up and build up and build up, I'm in trouble. Because I can't take it with me. It, it ends with me. In fact, there was a gentleman one time that looked at his wife. He had saved and he had scrimped and he had kept all his money. And he didn't share it with anybody. And he looked at his wife and says, when I die, nobody gets any of it. I want you to bury it in a coffin with me. Take it all. You don't get any of it. Kids, nobody gets any of it. I earned this. I did this. Put it all in the coffin with me. And so the wife, being a good wife, did what her husband asked. When he was buried, she put it all in there with him. And so her friend came up to her after the funeral and says, how could you do that? How could you, how could you take all of that that he earned and saved and just put it in the coffin? She's like, you know, it was easy. I just wrote a check and put it in there. You get it? Yeah, you got it. Yeah. See, see, the idea is that, man, I can, I can take everything that I have, all my energy, everything, and invest it in me and what I want and for my comfort. And it's never going to last. Listen, there's nothing on this planet that man has built that's going to last. I love it. We, we, we lived in Europe for years. We lived in Sicily for a number of years, and we got to walk around ruins. You know why they call them ruins? They're ruined. <laughs> They're falling apart. And so if, if my loyalty is not with God, if my loyalty is for just me in this world, and that's the team on, then what I invest in is going to show. What I spend the most time with is going to show. 
And, and you have to ask the question when we're talking about loyalty, when, when you're talking about where you're invested, you got to ask the question, who's your master? You know, Jesus says very, very clearly, he says, listen, no one can be a slave of two masters since either will hate one and love the other or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot be slaves of God and money. Listen, I'm, I'm not saying go sell your house, empty your bank accounts, you know, live a pauper's life and do all that. Unless God's calling you to do that, then, then go do that. And, and there's nothing wrong with planning ahead and there's nothing wrong with with retirement plans and, and other savings and all that stuff. In fact, that's wise and that's smart. And, and I'm not saying anything against that, but I'm saying is when, when all that investment is just about me, you're defining where your loyalty is right there. And it will go away with everything else. And, and so, so who's your master? Because we all have one. You know, the Bible makes it very, very clear. Before we know Jesus, we're slaves to sin. It's our master. Whatever whatever sin leads, whatever whatever we want, and, and it's against God, that's where we're going to go. And it says, then you are bought with a price that Jesus paid for us. And we are slaves to righteousness now. The difference is, is there's freedom in that slavery. Differences is in the things I invest in, the lives of the people I invest in, the ministries and the stuff I do for God's kingdom is going to follow me wherever I go into eternity. So again, tonight I, I ask that question, you know, when you're asking about loyalty, where do I lie? Which team am I on? Who's your master? And, and Jesus then takes it like a step further, I think. He, he, he goes a little bit farther. He's like, first of all, listen, it's not about you gaining everything for yourself. I know, especially like this generation, this is like the perfect message. Sermon on the Mount is like the perfect sermon for this time, this generation, and this culture right now. Because it's the iPod, i this, iMac, iPad, i this, i everything, i watch, i everything. It is all about us. And when it becomes, and when that's our investment, then he starts asking the question, what are we worrying about then? You, you want to know where your loyalty lies. What, what, what just overtakes your thoughts? What overtakes the things you think about and <clears throat> the things you are concerned about? Look at verse 25. <coughs> he, he's just said, listen. Collect riches and put it in heaven. Put it for eternity. Look at the eternal side. He says, and then verse 25 says, This is why I tell you, don't worry about your life. What you will eat or what you will drink or about your body, what you will wear. Isn't life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the sky. They don't sow or reap or gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you worth more than they? Can any of you add a single cubit to his height by worrying? And why do you worry about clothes? Learn how the wildflowers of the field grow. They don't labor or spin thread. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was adorned like one of these. If that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and thrown in the furnace tomorrow, won't he do much more for you? You of little faith. You know, it, it gets that question, you know, what, what are we worrying about? Because the truth is, is if all my investing is about me and about right now and what, what I want and, and, and just the right here now, then I start worrying and I start getting to a place where then it's never enough. 
Oh, I'm not going to have enough when I retire. I'm not going to have enough when, when, when I'm done. I'm not going to have enough to go do this. I'm not going to have enough to do that. I need more. I need more. I need more. And worry sets in. And, and the very first thing we need to understand about all of this is that God is not just another resource we go to. God is the source of all resources. There's a huge difference there. God is not the 24-hour Walmart that can just go in real quick and like, this is what I need. Oh, perfect. Got it. I'm good. And I'm gone. God is the source of every resource. My Bible says God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. My, God, my Bible says that everything was made for him and by him and through him and all that, that it's already all his. And that he already knows exactly what you and I need before we even ask. And, and so if I'm so focused on me and my loyalty is lying in just me and this world and, and, and my issues and I'm not looking at God at all, then, of course, I'm going to worry. The, the problem is, is excessive worry skews our perspective. And, and, and as a Christian, and I know this because I experience this. There's so much time where it just seems, and I know that it seems so overwhelming. And it seems so much that you just look and say, I don't know how we're going to get through this. I don't know what we're going to do. And, and, and how is this going to pan out? And you worry just takes over. And all we do is we start seeing the problems. And the problems become bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger the more you look at them. You know, years ago, when uh, a few years ago, when those four hurricanes crossed the state, we we were down in Bradenton. I remember we boarded up our windows for the first storm and left them up, left them up for like the next two months. We just didn't even take them down because every weekend it seemed like another storm. But I remember talking to people, and all they would just say is like, "Oh, this one's even bigger, and this one's even bigger," and they just kept looking how big the storms were, and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, where it became like we're gonna die. It's the end of the world as we know it. We're done. And I'm like, none of them even hit us where we live. <laughs> I mean, we got rain, but that was about it. In fact, my pastor at the time was like, I'm getting out of here. He went to Orlando, and it's so funny. The storm followed him straight here. And so for the next three weeks, like, Pastor, go away again. <laughs> They'll follow you. But that's what happens when we when we just sit here and we're so focused on our kingdom and not God's. It, it just it changes our perspective, and and so we we have to ask that question: you know, what do you, what what just overtakes your thoughts? Because in the end, it, it comes down to this last question: who do we trust? It comes down to this idea of like, okay, if I'm a follower of Christ, if I'm following him and I know he says all this, am I going to trust him? And I love, so 31, verse 31, he says again, so don't worry saying, what will we eat or what will we drink or what will we wear? For our idolaters eagerly seek all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be provided for you. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow, because tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. We get so focused and so overwhelmed by what's down the road that may never happen, that we miss what God wants to do to, for us and through us today. 
See, see, I, be, I believe that's the answer to everything. I, I believe that, you know, God has placed you in jobs and God has placed you in neighborhoods and in, and in schools and in places for one reason, one reason only, and that is to further his kingdom. That, that is why you were there. All this other stuff is added. And in the midst of that, he knows what we need. He knows what has to happen. And it doesn't say he's going to give us everything we want, but he does say, listen, I know what you need. And I'll give you what you need. And, and I'll help you with that. But you've got to trust me. I mean, you've got to ask the question, is your God bigger? I, I remember being in a class and, and um, <coughs> out of Fuller, a youth ministry class, and Chap Clark, who just is this amazing youth ministry guy and everything, he would always ask this question of everyone in the class and all the time. He would say, listen, is the God you preach the same God you live? And I got to tell you, that's a challenge because I'm like, let's have big faith and let's step out. And then I walk out and I got all the issues that all you guys have. And I'm sitting here going, I don't know, everything. And that voice in the back of my head says, yeah, but is God bigger? Is God bigger to you than every problem that you can face? Is God bigger than every obstacle that you see in front of you? Is God bigger? Because if he is, that deserves my loyalty. And that means nothing can stop me. I don't I don't have to worry about tomorrow. I, I focus on today. I have we've got a million things that are going on right now. And I, I think we had a meeting. I had a meeting every day and every night this week. It was just it was exhausting. And so I, I think one night I just finally sat in the chair. I came home from a meeting. I sat at my desk Next thing I know, I, I woke up from my desk. I'm like, I'm exhausted, man. Just all these meetings and all this stuff. Oh, but I got meetings tomorrow and I got this going on. I got this going on. And I know it's so easy to get overwhelmed with all the stuff. And God just kept saying as I was reading this and just going over this, like, God, I got to finish my sermon. I got to do this. He just kept saying, why are you so worried about next Tuesday? Or next Wednesday? It's, it's, it's today that I have you. Am, am, am I big enough for you today? Do, do you trust me today? Because we have got to keep focus. Everything in this world is screaming at you to take a look and, and trust me and trust this. And I'm telling you, the only thing that is real, no matter where you go, no matter what you're doing, the only thing that is stable and set and is never changeable is God. I promise you, circumstances are going to change. Some will get better, some will get worse. But circumstances will change. Friends will change. Jobs will change. Everything will change. But the thing that stays the same always is God. And we have to keep focus. And that's why Jesus said, listen, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. I mean, that's, that's where we find out where our loyalty lies. That, that's where we find out what's what's really going on. And guys, it, it's hard. Listen, I, I, I know this. I, this has been a hard message for me just sitting here going, I don't want to preach this, God, because there's some things you're doing. I don't like what you're doing and I don't like how you're doing it. And you're not doing it on my time frame. And so and so I, this is hard. And, and there are times where it's easy and there's a danger that if we have so little. 
And things are so hard that we will turn from God and say, I'm just going to take care of it myself. And I'm just I'm going to go out and do the things that I need to do. And and, and, and God will catch up later. But on the other end of it, there's also this time where we have everything that we need and we've got all supplied and we forget God there. There's an old proverb and it's become my prayer. God, don't make me so wealthy that I forget about you, but so poor I sin against you. Just give us what we need. And let us continue to trust. And, and so as you do this, guys, there's simply a simple way that if we just pay attention, we can see what's happening. We can see where our loyalty starts starts drifting away. You know, I told you guys before, and, and I'll remind you over and again, nobody falls into sin. It is a pattern of conscious decisions. It is little steps. It is sliding in. And there are things. And we can pay attention. I think Jesus gives us this model of this. And, and he starts with the idea of this the idea of enslavement. I mean, if you go all the way back up, he, he warns us. He says, listen, don't collect yourself treasure here. It's going to it's wasted here. If our focus becomes just me and what I can get and what I can get out, it is a trap and we become enslaved to that. Listen, I, I've known people that have resources beyond resources that just don't even know what to do with it. And they are trapped in it and they feel empty in it and they feel lost. And I've, I've met people that don't have any resources at the same that feel trapped and they're trying to do everything to get by. And they're not looking to God at all. And as soon as we take God out of the equation, as soon as we start looking at the temporal instead of the eternal, as soon as we start saying my loyalty lies here because this is where I am, this is where my family is, it's a trap <coughs> and we become enslaved to it. It never becomes enough. And as we do that, we start devaluing. We don't see what we have. It says, verse 25 says, don't worry about your life, what you'll eat, what you'll drink, about your body, what you'll wear. Isn't life more than food and the body more than clothing? Your life means so much more to me, Jesus is saying. I came to give you more. I came for you to live more and have more and to experience more. But as soon as you start focusing not on my team, but on the world's team and focusing on yourself, man, you start devaluing the things around you. And you, most worst of all, you devalue yourself. Because that's when we start sitting in that place. I'm not good enough and I'll never be good enough and I'll never have enough and I'll never be enough. This is why nine out of ten People I sit down with, the first thing I have to tell them says, read Psalm 139. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. Our world has a self-perception problem. Because they, they're focused on their self. And they have fallen into the belief that they're garbage. Because they're enslaved. And then as that goes on for us that are followers of Christ, man, then 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 we get the loss, the loss of testimony and the loss of joy. Look, look, look at what Jesus says. He's going all the way down. Verse 32, verse 31 says, don't worry about what you'll eat, what you'll drink or what you'll wear. For the idolaters eagerly seek all these things. And your heavenly father knows that you need them. The world is desperately looking for people that will live a life of faith that is real. Not perfect, but real. With struggles and bumps and bruises and all that comes with it. 
And as soon as we focus on ourselves and our loyalty turns to that, then we lose that testimony of all that God can do. We see all the things that we don't have instead of all the things that God does for us and all the things that he has and continues to do for us. Listen, my Bible over and over again, and I guarantee you, if you're a follower of Christ, you've experienced the faithfulness of Christ at some time in your life. You've seen him show up when you didn't think anybody would show up. You've seen him just to kind of be there and get you through. He has always been faithful. But when we lose that and we take the focus on it, we lose that testimony and we lose our joy. Too many people on this planet are looking for happiness. Happiness is based on circumstance. Joy comes from God and God alone. Listen, I can be unhappy and still joyful. I cannot like situations and circumstances, but I can still be filled with the joy of Christ, knowing my God is bigger, my God is stronger, my God is greater. And in the end, it all pans out, because the good news is, is we have the end of the book. You ever know those people that you give them a book and they go to the end to try to figure out what's happening? I always hate those people. (laughs) You know, like, oh, let me see what happens, so then I'm not, like, disappointed at the end. Listen, Be that person. Go to the end of the book because at the end of this book it says Jesus comes back and everything that was old, everything that was broken is fixed and renewed. In fact, the greatest verse I think in the Bible is at the end is he says, I'm making all things new. See, see, we, we have that for us. We have that going on side. And, and so I think there are lessons. And it's a simple lesson. I, I just believe we make church, we make faith so much more difficult than it has to be. See, I think God is black and white. It, it's that you're for me or against me. There are two teams. You're either, you're either with me or you're against me. And that's it. But there are simple things that we can just remember and remind ourselves every single day. And it's, it's three F's. It's faith, Father, first. Just remember this. If you, if you don't remember anything else about tonight, remember these three things. Faith, Father, first. Now, the very first thing is my faith matters. My faith means that God has a plan for me. And that no matter what's going on, as long as I'm investing in the eternal, as long as my faith is in him, that he's going to be faithful, he's going to follow through, he's going to do things, I'm, I'm going to be fine. That my faith matters. And I know that because my father is a good father. He's a great father. He looks at birds and says, I'm going to make sure. I've never seen a skinny bird. Look, come to my backyard. They eat all our bird seed. They eat everything, but we don't even have to feed them. We've been out of bird seed, and they're still fine. None of the birds in my backyard have died over the last week because we're out of bird feed. And when it rains, my grass grows in places. <laughs> I've got like male pattern baldness in my backyard, but it's right. But it, it grows and it's beautiful. And if you drive to like mountains or you go someplace and you just see these beautiful fields of flowers and everything. And God takes care of all of that. And because he's a good father, how much more is he going to do for you and me? And so my faith matters. God is doing something. I can trust that I have meaning and I have purpose in my life. And I know that because I have a good father. That no matter what happens is always out for my best. Whether I like it or not, whether I think it's the best or not, whether whether it feels good or not, it is always my best because my Father is good. And then if I focus on Him first, seek ye first His kingdom. 
then everything else kind of falls into place. I mean, that's what Jesus says. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be provided for you. Listen, this is easy to talk about in here. But the truth is, is you're, you're going to walk out those doors. And tomorrow's Monday. And there's going to be somebody at your school or somebody in your neighborhood or somebody at your work that is going to test you on these. See, the truth is, is tonight, if this is resonating in your heart, it's like, man, this is the life I want to live. I want to live a life that seeks his kingdom first. And I want to put that kingdom in front and, the, and build that kingdom and see God just do great things. And, man, I'm pumped and ready. I promise you, when you walk out this door, there's going to be an enemy out there saying, I don't think you want to do that. And, and I love that Martin Luther says this. He says, where the battle rages there, the loyalty of the soldier is proved. And church, the battle, thank God the battle doesn't rage in here. But it is out there. And if this week you go out there and every day you wake up and say, listen, my faith matters. I put all my trust in you because you're a good father and you're going to give me what I need for today and you're, you're going to take care of my family for what it needs today. And because of that, I'm going to put your kingdom first today and you do that every single day i I love the bible says we don't even have to punch the devil in the face we don't have to do anything all we have to do is resist says resist the devil and he will flee as soon as he says as soon as the enemy puts that thought in your mind you're not going to make it this isn't worth it all you have to say is that's not what god says and a little bit of resistance and he has to leave Because greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. We've already won. Our team's won. We're going into the national championship. We don't even have to play the game. We just get to show up and watch and say, well, it's already done. Cool. But that only comes, that only comes to those that are loyal. So I, I believe all my heart we are in a time where it's very, very clear. Like who is on what team? And Jesus said it very clearly, either you're for me or you're against me. And, and so tonight I ask that question again, where does your loyalty lie? Are, are you investing in things and people and stuff that you know will have an eternal impact? Are you investing in hoping to have a condo on a beach someday where I can retire? By the way, I just want you to know the only retirement mentioned in the Bible is absent from the body, present with the Lord. Uh, well, as long as there's breath in your lungs, you are a viable part of God's kingdom to serve and do. And so, so where are you investing? What, what are you worrying about? Listen, I sit around going, man, how are we going to buy groceries this month? And then I look at my belly and saying, that may not be a bad thing. <laughs> I've never starved to death. I've been a little hungry, but I've never starved to death. I've never gone without a roof over my head, even if it was a youth room one night. It's because we didn't know where we were going. And we slept on a floor. I've always had a roof. God has always taken care of what we needed when we needed it. 
And so why would I worry now? Why would he change his mind now? Why would I sit there and let this consume me? And, and then finally, finally, who do I trust? If I stand up here with you and say, listen, God is bigger than everything that you can face or do need. I've got to live that too. That's why my wife hates when I preach these messages. He's like, oh, we're going to have to go through this again too now. All right, here we go. Where's your loyalty tonight? Are you for him or are you against him? That's the first place to start. Listen, if you don't know Jesus tonight, then, man, you're, you're at war. The Bible actually calls you an enemy of God if you don't know Jesus tonight. If you're on your own. And if all you're investing in is what I have right now, then I just I hate to tell you this. It's not going to last. It's going to go away. But Jesus says there's a better way. Because while you were still a sinner, while you still despised me and my, were my enemy, I died for you. And I paid that price. And I, you can be part of the winning team. Because the day is coming, church. The day is coming. Oh, man, what a day that's going to be where the Bible says that at his name, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Whether you believe in him or not today, you will that day. And by the grace of God, we have today to say, man, I can make this decision and I can put my loyalty here. And maybe that's you. And that's just that's you and Jesus just saying, you know, Lord, I've done it my way. I want to do it your way. I know you died for me. Forgive my sins. Come in my life. I place my loyalty with you. And, and maybe there are just areas that you struggle with. Maybe all through these messages, you're like, man, I struggle. I struggle with integrity in my private life and my public life. I struggle with purity, God, in my heart and the things I allow in my heart. I, I struggle with honoring you. I struggle with being loyal because, man, I just jump boat. As soon as it gets a little, waters get a little rough, man, I jump boat. Listen, the sweetest things I've ever learned in my life is when the storms have been the worst. The sweetest times I've ever had with Jesus is when the storms have been, been the worst. Because it's on those days when that boat is rocking and everything, and he's in the back of the stern, and you think he's sleeping, that you can crawl up on his lap and say, Daddy, <laughs> can you tell it to quiet down a little bit? And he's there. And so I don't, I don't know where you're struggling tonight. All I know is that God calls us to be loyal. And we have to decide what team we're on. And so wherever you're tonight, just let the Holy Spirit do his work. So I'm, I'm going to pray. I'm going to ask Jimmy to put some music on quietly. And, you know, the band doesn't need to come up. We're just going to take a few moments. And, and whatever that is, maybe tonight it is. Just say, hey, God, I want to show that I'm loyal to you. I trust you. Man, I want to invest in, in things that are eternal. And so, you know what, tonight I'm going to talk to Sherry and I'm going to sign up to go hang out with kids at BBC or, or man, I'm going to show up at a block party, whatever I can do. And do that. I love when people come up to me and say, man, whatever you want me to do, I'll do. It, it is the greatest moment and most terrifying moment because at the same time, my prayer always for my life is, God, where can I be the most effective and fruitful for your kingdom? Because that's where I want to be. And so when you tell me that, that's what I pray. So, God, what, what can we do? Where, where can we place these people that they're just going to be amazing for you? 
And so maybe tonight he says, man, I, I want to do that. Or like, I want to worship you through my tithes and offering. God, I'm going to trust you with our finances. Or I want to remember, Jesus, what you've done for me and your faithfulness. And I'm going to take communion. Or I'm just going to walk in that little prayer room. And I'm going to write a word. I struggle here and put it on the wall. Because I love going in there in the week and I pray. Every, I'm about three days a week, I'm down here pretty much all day just doing stuff and praying and, and studying. And I go in there, and it's the first thing I do, and I just look at things. And I don't know who wrote what, and I just pray over them. So maybe that's it. Maybe you just need to sit there and let the Holy Spirit just reveal. Well, whatever it is, let him do his work. And then go out those doors knowing that you've won, that your team has already won. And say, my faith matters, my Father is good, and I'm going to make you first in your kingdom first this week, God. Whatever it is, just let God speak right now. Let me pray for us.